The location of the second nightmare sequence in Silent Hill shattered memories. The Caldecott Woods are a haunting place. The colors and themes of cold and darkness work especially well in an empty forest, where the shadows seem longer and the imagined danger far more immediate. The name of the woods seems to come from a lake near Milton Keys, England, a historic location with an ancient abandoned village that shares its name, and one that is only two hours away from Portsmouth, home to Climax Studios. Its name, Caldecott, means cold cottage, a term which refers to a resting place for strangers on the road. In these woods hide many secrets, items that aren't necessary to move forward, but add depth to the experience. Three pieces of memorabilia and many sets of texts and phone calls can be found during Harry's forest walk, and they hint at truly terrible things. The first message is found when approaching a nearby cabin. A phone hanging off the hook prompts a telephone call from a young woman calling her mother, desperate to return home. It seems she was unable to. Another message appears later, a text in which a young man admits to having spiked the new girl's drink, leading to dire consequences. In the worst results, she seems to have drowned in the lake. Another message is the puzzle Harry must solve to continue through the level. Entering a frozen cabin reveals the icy figures of a family. The mother is on the phone, with the young child attempting to get her attention while playing piano on a small toy. The solution to the puzzle is to play the same pattern the girl does. It's similar to a puzzle from the first game, a piano playing a specific pattern, and references to birds. The themes are similar too. In Shattered Memories, the young girl wants her mother's attention, and she is ignored. Her voice is silenced, and in the first game, the silent voices of the birds were played to obtain an item, a reference to how Alessa's voice had been silenced. In fact, both this event and the phone call before it are examples of girls being silenced. The girl on the phone never gets a response from her mother and her pain and fear are ignored by the other teens at the party. It's possible that one of the pieces of memorabilia, called Broken Ward, is connected to this young girl. It's a flashlight that has the word safety written on it, but it no longer works. Or perhaps this flashlight is connected to the family whose memory is found in the next room. Another message is found by taking a picture of a deer carcass, a young boy has killed the deer, and an adult family member is proud he's proven he's a real man. This ties into another phone call in which a father demands his son finish off a deer he's injured but not managed to kill, and in variations of the message he insults the boy for struggling to do so. In another cabinet nearby hang a dead rabbit and a piece of meat. Under the water tower in a hidden compartment is another memorabilia item, a marble called Frozen Waters, tying into the themes of cold and the inability to move forward. It's also a child's toy, another piece of Cheryl's distorted youth.
The forest is full of tragedy and the echoes of ruined childhoods. A tree in the woods has the words best friends forever carved over a set of names, yet no one is here, and the message takes on an eerie tone in these dark woods. There's a wreath hung upon a tree that reveals a message from a young man who pulled a prank on his brother, which led to his death, and who later froze to death in the woods himself. The end of the level in the Overlook shows a memory of Cheryl being pressed upon by a male classmate in a car. These trees hide the foolish, selfish actions of young people, not yet aware that consequences will come to them, not yet recognizing their own mortality or that of those around them. One of the cabins is named for the great hunter of Greek myth, Orion. The cabin either appears as a hunting lodge full of taxidermy animals, or a blood-filled nightmare with a bear chained to a table, its guts falling out, while a red light emanates from the floor and walls. In the myths, the story of Orion varies greatly, but a few features remain the same. He was the greatest of hunters, he sexually assaulted female goddesses, and was eventually killed. In one variation of the story, he was killed by Artemis while swimming, and it's possibly referenced in the game. One variation of the stranded message involves a boy saying, we thought she was still swimming, implying she died in the lake. The last piece of memorabilia is a hunting knife hidden in a cabinet in the cabin. It is called a movable feast. On the knife is written, all stories end in death. The knife is a tool for skidding dead animals, and a reminder of the truth, that at the end of this game, Harry will be dead. But more than that, the knife is a reference to a major influence on this level of the game, the author, Ernest Hemingway. It's not the first time he's been referenced in this level. To begin exploring the forest, Harry must leave the police car. To do so, he opens the glove box and finds a box of cigarettes, labeled Hemingway brand. It's not the first time he's been mentioned in the Silent Hill series, either. The first game includes a cafe named A Movable Feast. Ernest Hemingway was a talented writer who led a difficult life. Still in his teens, he served in the First World War as an ambulance driver, aiding the injured and collecting corpses. He was caught in a blast and nearly killed, and the reality of his own mortality deeply affected him. His works were heavily focused on the trauma and exhaustion of the post-war era, the lost generation. The term referring to those who came of age during World War I was first used in his book, The Sun Also Rises. Death is a constant in his stories, as is the trauma that comes from close contact with it. Hemingway himself would eventually take his own life. The two references in this portion of the story refer to two of his works of nonfiction. Death in the Afternoon is a work focused on Spanish bullfighting a dangerous life-or-death sport which often has horrific consequences. In it, he discusses love and death in rather tragic terms. All stories, if continued far enough, end in death, 
especially do all stories of monogamy end in death. There is no lonelier man in death than that who has lived many years with a good wife and then outlived her. If two people love each other, there can be no happy end to it. The second reference is the title of his memoirs, A Movable Feast, said to originate in this quote of Hemingway's, If you are lucky enough to have lived in Paris as a young man, then wherever you go for the rest of your life it stays with you, for Paris is a movable feast. There's a running thread of Hemingway's themes through these woods. The wilderness is a setting he loved, and he grew up hunting. The themes of trauma, of young people trapped in a cycle of pain and death they can't escape, is very similar to his works. His era, full of young people traumatized and struggling with their mental health, saw an increase in fictional depictions of authentic male feeling, and the exploration of how war and violence had traumatized these young men. When the Otherworld shift comes around, the forest takes on an even more menacing appearance. The trees rise up, big canopies of roots hang overhead, like a frozen swampland. The cabins become wooden mazes, some of them perched high up on the trees like the house of Baba Yaga. Harry can only navigate by following lights in the distance. Airplanes have crashed down in the woods, what appear to be older models similar to World War I airplanes. Another World War I reference comes from the boat on the lake, named Der Ostwind. It's the name of a 2007 short film about a German pilot in World War I, shown at that year's Sundance Film Festival. There's a church building with a giant statue of an angel, and the words Alieno Proteritus written over the doors. The Latin alienare means to give up or to lose, Proteritus isn't an exact match. When trying to translate it as it's spelled, most dictionaries gave me pasting. Perhaps it's meant to mean the lost past, or given the other themes of the level, it may be Hemingway's lost generation. The forest is a place that is full of the memory of death, of the stuffed corpses of animals, of the last messages of the deceased, a place where the player brushes by the traumas of the past. It further reinforces the concept at the core of the game, that of Cheryl reliving her own traumas even as she attempts to escape them. As Hemingway has said, if two people love each other, there can be no happy ending, for death will part them eventually. It is a truth Cheryl must inevitably face. Thank you for listening to this week's Silent Hill Symbolism. If you like what I do and you want to support it, please consider becoming a member on Patreon or through YouTube membership. You can buy my books on my Kofi store, or commission a video on a topic. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all next time in Silent Hill.